Chapter 4. Bradley stood at the front door and hollered, Mrs. Ebel is a liar. Don't believe anything she tells you. Bradley's mother got into the car, gritted her teeth, and drove to school. She was just as afraid as Bradley, if not more so, of what Mrs. Ebel would tell her. She wanted to believe Bradley when he told her he was getting all A's or was elected class president. She tried to fool herself that it could be true, even though she knew it couldn't. She knew her son, and she knew Mrs. Ebel wouldn't take the trouble to call her on the phone if everything were really as wonderful as Bradley said it was. Still, she hoped. She opened the door to Bradley's classroom. No one was there. Hello, she called out timidly. She looked around. There was a bulletin board covered with A papers. She looked from one paper to another and hoped with all her heart that she'd seen one with Bradley's name on it. She didn't. In the back corner of the room, she saw a chart that listed the name of every student in the class. Next to each name was a row of gold stars. Next to Bradley Chalkers, there were no stars. Mrs. Chalkers? Startled, she turned around to see Mrs. Ebel. Oh, you scared me, she said, then smiled. Mrs. Ebel didn't smile. Mrs. Chalkers sat at a chair next to the teacher's desk and bravely listened as Mrs. Ebel told her about Bradley. There was nothing Mrs. Ebel said that she didn't already know. Still, it hurt to hear it. Deep down, he really is a good boy, she tried to tell Bradley's teacher. I'm sure he has a lot of good qualities, said Mrs. Ebel. However, I have 28 other children in my class, and I can't spend all my time trying to help Bradley. He has to decide whether he wants to be a part of the class or not. And if he doesn't want to be a part of the class, then he shouldn't be here. He just makes it that much harder for everyone else. What can I do? asked Bradley's mother. The school has just hired a counselor, said Mrs. Ebel. I'd like your permission for Bradley to begin seeing her once a week. Anything that will help my son, said Mrs. Chalkers. I don't know if she can help him or not, said Mrs. Ebel. Bradley has a very serious behavior problem. If he doesn't show improvement soon, more drastic measures will have to be taken. Deep down, he really is a good boy, said Bradley's mother. Well, let's go meet the counselor, said Mrs. Ebel. She led Bradley's mother down the halls to the counselor's office. The door was open, but no one was there. Bradley's mother stepped into the room. Boxes were everywhere. Some were turned over with their contents half spilled onto the floor. A yellow ladder lay on its side. In the center of the room was a round table surrounded by chairs, but the table and chairs were covered with papers and boxes and games and books. There was hardly room for Bradley's mother and teacher to stand. She's just moving in, said Mrs. Mrs. Ebel explained. I'm sure she'll have it cleaned up by tomorrow. Mrs. Chalkers shrugged. She picked up a dolphin puppet from an open box on the table and put her hands inside it. Suddenly, there was a loud grunt and a young woman entered the room. She dropped the box she was carrying and more than a hundred crayons spilled out across the floor. Oh, hello, she said. She was a lot younger than either Mrs. Ebel or Mrs. Chalkers. She wore blue jeans and a red t-shirt with rock and roll written across it in light blue letters. She had light brown hair, almost blonde, and clear blue eyes. I'm Carla Davis, she said, and held out her hand. Bradley's mother stared at her a moment, then reached out to shake her hand, but suddenly realized she was still wearing the dolphin puppet. She quickly removed it and put it back in the box on the table. The counselor smiled. She needs to sign the form so that you can start seeing her son, said Mrs. Ebel. Miss Davis looked hopelessly around her office. They are around here somewhere, she muttered, then began tearing into the boxes. Perhaps I'd better come back, said Bradley's mother. 
Found them, said the counselor, holding up the forms. She cleared a space on the round table by pushing away a box and gave Mrs. Chalkers a form to sign. Bradley's mother looked around the messy office, then at the young woman with the rock and roll t-shirt. She shrugged her shoulders and signed her name. Miss Davis took the form from her. Oh, you are Bradley Chalkers' mother. Mrs. Chalkers nodded. You would not believe all the horror stories I've heard about Bradley Chalkers, said the new counselor. I've been here less than three hours, but it seems like every teacher in the school has dropped by to warn me about him. Deep down, he really is, Bradley's mother started to say. I can't wait to meet him, the counselor interrupted. He sounds charming, just delightful. Chapter 5 At dinner, Bradley's father asked how the meeting with Bradley's teacher went. Bradley looked down at his mashed potatoes. Fine, said his mother. Bradley is doing very well. Good. Glad to hear it, said his father. Bradley was glad to hear it, too. Later that evening, his mother came into his room. I met Miss Davis, the new counselor, she said. You are going to begin seeing her tomorrow. No, said Bradley. I won't go. Please, Bradley, don't be that way. She can help you if you'll let her. I don't need any help. She said I was doing very well. Did you want me to tell your father the truth? Do you want to be sent to military school? Maybe he's right. I don't know. Maybe that's what you need. You said I was doing very well. I heard you. Please, Bradley, said his mother. Give Mrs. Davis a chance. Please. You should have taken me to the zoo. It was drizzling the next morning as Bradley walked to school. He wore red rubber boots and a yellow raincoat. He stamped in every puddle along the way, making big splashes. He suddenly stopped when he saw Jeff standing next to the school, under the overhang. Bradley's right foot remained in the center of a, pu of a puddle as he stared at his one and only friend. He took a deep breath, then slowly walked toward Jeff. He has to like me. He tried to convince himself. I gave him a dollar. Hi, Bradley, Jeff greeted him. He didn't answer. If you want, I can help you with your homework sometimes, Jeff offered. I know I'm new here, but I'm pretty smart, and we learned the same stuff at my old school. He shrugged modestly. Bradley looked at Jeff as if he were from outer space. I don't need any help, he said. I'm the smartest kid in class. Ask anyone. They headed for Mrs. Ebel's room side by side, but not necessarily together. Chapter 6 Jeff Fishkin was hopelessly lost. He clutched his hall pass as he looked down the long, empty corridor. Corridor, the school seemed so big to him. He was on his way to meet the new to see the new counselor. She was supposed to help him adjust to his new environment. Now he not only didn't know how to get to her office, but he had no idea how to get back to Mrs. Ebel's class either. The floor was slippery. It had started raining during recess, and the kids had tracked water and mud inside with them. A teacher carrying a stack of papers stepped out of a door, and Jeff hurried up to her. "'Can you tell me where the counselor's office is, please?' he asked. His voice trembled. The teacher first checked to make sure he had a hall pass. Then she said, "'The counselor's office. Let's see. Go down this hall to the end, turn right, and it's the third door on your left.' "'Thank you very much,' said Jeff. He started to go. "'No, wait,' said the teacher. "'That's not right. She's in the new office in the other wing.' Turn around and go back the way you just came, then turn left at the end of the hall, and it's the second door on your right. Thank you, said Jeff said again. He walked to the end of the hall, turned right, counted to the second door on his left, and pushed it open. 
A girl with red hair and a freckled face was washing her hands at the sink. When she saw Jeff, her mouth dropped open. What are you doing in here? she asked. Huh? Jeff uttered. Get out of here, she yelled. This is the girl's bathroom. Jeff froze. He covered his face with his hands, then dashed out the door. There's a boy in the girl's bathroom, the girl screamed after him. He raced down the hall. Suddenly, his feet slipped out from under him. He waved his arms wildly wildly as he tried to keep his balance, then flopped down on the floor. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 he groaned. What have I done? Oh, why didn't I just read the sign on the door? This is the worst day of my whole life. Suddenly, he realized he was no longer holding the hall pass. He stood up and frantically looked around. Don't tell me I dropped it in the girl's bathroom. He heard someone coming and hurried off in the opposite direction. He rounded the corner, then spotted what looked like some kind of storage room. It was cluttered with boxes. He ducked inside and closed the door behind him. Hello, said a voice. He spun around. A woman stepped down off a yellow ladder. You must be Jeff, she said. I'm Carla Davis. She smiled and held out her hand. I'm so glad you've come. I was afraid you might get lost. Jeff sat at the round table. The counselor sat across from him. So, how do you like Red Hill School? she asked. He stared straight ahead. There's a boy in the girl's bathroom echoed inside his head. I imagine it must seem a little scary, said the counselor. He didn't answer. I think it's scary, she said. It seems so big. Anytime I go, try to go anywhere, I get lost. He smiled weakly. It's hard for me because I'm new here, she explained. Today is only my second day of school. I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. The other teachers all look at me strangely. It's hard for me to make friends with them. They already have their own friends. I know what you mean, Jeff said. Maybe you can help me, said the counselor. Me, said Jeff. How can I help you? I'm the one who needs help. Well, maybe we can help each other out. What do you think about that? How? We are the two new kids at school, she said. We can share our experiences and learn from each other. Jeff smiled. Okay, Miss Davis, he said. Jeff, she said. If we are going to be friends, I want you to call me Carla, not Miss Davis. He laughed. Do you think Carla is a funny name? Oh, no, I just never call the teacher by her first name. That's all. But we are friends. Friends don't call each other Miss Davis and Mr. Fishkin, do they? Jeff laughed again. No, he said. Then he frowned. The kids in my class call me Fishface. Have you made any friends? asked Carla. I sort of made one friend, said Jeff, but I don't like him. How can he be your friend if you don't like him? Nobody likes him. At first, I felt sorry for him because nobody wanted to sit next to him. Mrs. Ebel said it out loud right in front of the whole class. Nobody likes sitting there, she said. It was like he wasn't even there. It's bad enough when a kid says something like that, but a teacher? It must have hurt, hurt his feelings, said Carla. No, he just smiled. He may have been smiling on the outside, but do you think he really was smiling on the inside? I don't know. I guess not. I guess that's why I try to be friends with him. I told him I like sitting next to him, but then he said, Give me a dollar or I'll spit on you. What did you do? I gave him a dollar. I didn't want him to spit on me. But then, later, he said, I'll give you a dollar to be my friend. So I took it. It was my dollar. So does that mean I have to be his friend, even though I just broke even? What do you think friendship is? Carla asked him. 
I don't know. I mean, I know what it is, but I can't explain it. Is it something you can buy and sell? Can you go to the store and get a quart of milk, a dozen eggs, and a friend? Jeff laughed. No. So does that mean I don't have to be friends with him? I won't tell you what to do, said Carla. All I can do is help you think for yourself. I don't even know if Bradley wants to be my friend, said Jeff. Today at recess, we hung around together, but we didn't do anything. He acted like I wasn't there. Then, when it started to rain, he ran around trying to push little kids into the mud. Could you share your feelings with him, asked Carla. That's the real way to build a friendship, by talking and by being honest and by sharing your feelings. Like the way we are talking and being honest with each other now. That's why we are friends. But Bradley's different than you and me, said Jeff. I think you'll find that if you are nice to Bradley, he'll be nice to you. If you are honest and friendly with him, he'll be honest and friendly with you. It's just like with the dollar. You always break even. Jeff smiled. Are you going to see Bradley too? He asked. Yes, later today. Do you think you'll be able to help him? I don't know. I hope so. I think he needs help even more than me. You won't tell him anything I said, will you? No, that's one of my most important rules. I never repeat anything anyone tells me here around the round table. Never? She shook her head. What about to other teachers? She shook it again. What about to the principal? Nope. Okay, said Jeff. He took a breath. Here goes, he grimaced. On the way here, I got a little lost and um, accidentally went into the girl's bathroom. He covered his face with his hands. Chapter 10. Bradley sat at his desk in the back of the room. Last seat, last row. He felt safe there. The counselor had scared him. She was even worse than he had imagined. He looked at Jeff, who smiled at him, and then returned to his work. Bradley was glad Jeff was his friend. Jeff and me are a lot alike, he thought. We are both smart, we both hate the counselor, and we both like sneaking into girls' bathrooms. Actually, Bradley had never been inside a, girl, inside a girl's bathroom. It was something he'd always wanted to do, but he never had the courage even to peek into one. But now that he and Jeff were friends, he hoped Jeff would take him inside one. He was dying to know what they looked like. He imagined they were carpeted in gold with pink wallpaper and red velvet toilet seats. He thought girl toilets would look nothing like boy toilets. They'd probably be more like fountains with colored water. So, how'd you like Carla? Jeff asked him after school. They were walking along the sidewalks next to the school building, carrying their raincoats. It was no longer raining. She's weird, he replied. She likes to eat dog food. Jeff made a face. Did she say that? Bradley nodded. She asked me why the president doesn't wear a hat. How am I supposed to know that? Jeff shrugged and said, I don't know. You don't like her, do you? Bradley asked. She's, oh, I hate her, said Bradley. Me too, said Jeff. I hate her. Bradley smiled his distorted smile. You want to go sneak into the girl's bathroom, he asked. You mean now? Why not? Um, now's not a good time, said Jeff. Why not? Jeff thought a moment. There won't be any girls there now, he said. They all go home to use their own bathrooms. You are right, Bradley agreed. Good thinking. We'll do it tomorrow during recess. Jeff smiled weakly. They walked around the corner of the building. Hello, Jeff, said Lori Weston. Hi, Jeff, said Melinda Birch. 
Hi, J... Colleen said so quietly that the F couldn't be heard. They'd been waiting for him to come by. Somehow they found out his name. Hello, hi, hi, Jeff answered, blushing. Lori laughed. Then the three girls hurried away. Stupid girls, said Bradley. Yeah, Jeff muttered. I hate them, said Bradley. Me too, said Jeff. Why'd you say hello to them? They said hello to me first, Jeff replied. So? Jeff shrugged. Whenever anybody says hello to me, I always say hello back. Why? I don't know. I can't help it. It's like when someone says thank you, don't you automatically say you are welcome? No. I do, said Jeff. He shrugged again. I guess it's like a reflex. Like when you go to the doctor and he taps your knee, you have to kick. You can't help it. It's the same thing. When someone says hello to me, I always have to say hello back. Bradley tried to make sense out of what Jeff said. I know what you can do, he suggested. The next time one of those girls says hello to you, kicker. Chapter 11. A week later, they still hadn't gone into the girls' bathroom. Jeff always had a good reason why it wasn't the right time. Recess was the wrong time because it would be better to wait until after lunch, after the girls had eaten. Lunch was no good because they hadn't had time to digest their food. Listening to Jeff, it would seem that girls never had to go to the bathroom. But Bradley had never been happier. He was thrilled to have a friend. He even was beginning to like school. Jeff had two gold stars next to his name. Bradley felt proud when he looked at them, almost like he had earned them himself. What do you want to do? Jeff asked. Nothing, said Bradley. It was lunchtime. They had finished eating and were sitting out on the grass. Did the counselor say anything stupid today? Bradley asked. Jeff hesitated. He looked down at the ground, then boldly stated, I like her. Bradley was shocked. She said that I can like her even if you hate her, Jeff asserted. It doesn't mean that you and I can't still be friends. We don't have to agree on everything. She said friendships are stronger when everyone has different opinions to share. You told her I hated her, Bradley asked. Jeff nodded. Good. Except she didn't believe me, said Jeff. She's weird, said Bradley. She never believes anything anyone says. I'm not going to see her anymore. She said you don't have to. I told her you wouldn't show up today, and she said that that was okay. She said you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Bradley turned back toward the school in the direction of the counselor's office. That's one of her tricks, he said. So, what do you want to do? Jeff asked. Nothing. A basketball bounced away from the basketball court and rolled toward them. Jeff jumped up and grabbed it. Hey, Fishnose, over here, called Robbie, a boy from their class. Kick it the other way, urged Bradley. Jeff threw the ball all the way on a fly to Robbie. You should have kicked it onto the roof, said Bradley. Maybe they'll let us play, said Jeff. Let's ask them. Bradley shook his head. No, I don't want to. Jeff watched the boys play basketball for a moment, then sat back down with Bradley. Uh-oh, Bradley said. Here come those girls again. Try not to say hello to them. Hello, Jeff, said Lori. Hello, said Jeff. Hi, said Melinda. Hi, said Jeff. Hi, Jeff, whispered Colleen. Hi, whispered Jeff. Lori laughed as the girls walked away. Jeff shrugged. I can't help it, he said sadly. Let's go beat them up, said Bradley. Then they won't say hello to you anymore. He started after them, but Jeff didn't follow. 
Come on, Bradley urged. Girls are easy to beat up. You just have to hit them once and they cry and run away. Not now, said Jeff. Why not? Everyone will see us. We'll get in trouble. Bradley stopped. You are right, he agreed. We'll get them after school. I can't, said Jeff. I've got to go right home after school and do my homework. Bradley was beginning to get fed up. How come you were always doing your homework, he asked, hand on his hips. He said the word homework the way other people might say the word manure. Jeff shrugged. Do you like doing it, Bradley asked. It's okay. I don't mind too much, Bradley kicked at the ground. Do you think if I did my homework, Mrs. Ebel might give me a gold star, he asked. I don't think she gives gold stars just for doing homework, said Jeff, but she might. Maybe I should do it sometime, said Bradley. Why don't you come over after school today, Jeff asked. We can do our homework together. Bradley's face twisted in anguish. Today? I don't think today's a good day to do homework. I can help you, Jeff started to say, then stopped. You can help me with the stuff I don't understand. All right, said Bradley. I'll do it. Good, said Jeff. First, we'll beat up those girls, said Bradley. Then, we'll go to your house and do our homework. Chapter 12. Just before the end of the lunch period, someone knocked very lightly on the door to the counselor's office. Come in, said Carla. A girl timidly stepped inside. Are you Miss Davis? she asked. Yes, but I prefer prefer to be called Carla. Do I have to tell you my name? asked the girl. No, not if you don't want to. Colleen Varigold, said the girl. She sat down in one of the chairs around the round table and said, I don't know who to invite to my birthday party. Carla remained standing. See, there's this boy I want to invite, said Colleen. Do I have to tell you his name? No. Jeff Fishkin, Carla smiled. But if I invite Jeff, then I'll have to invite another boy, because I can't invite seven girls and only one boy, can I? I don't. Except Jeff has only one friend, and he's the most horrible, rotten boy in the whole school. I can't invite Bradley Chalkers to my birthday party. I just can't. She took a breath. So what should I do? You want me to tell you whom to invite to your birthday party? Lori says you are good at solving problems. Lori solves her own problems. I just help her think for herself. But I don't know what to think, Colleen exclaimed. I can't invite seven girls and only one boy, and I can't invite Bradley. When's your birthday? November 13th. Then you still have plenty of time, said Carla. Let me give you a form for your parents to sign. Right now, I'm not even allowed to talk to you without your parents' permission. That's dumb. No, it isn't, said Carla. Some parents don't want strangers giving advice to their children. But my parents won't care, said Colleen. They said I can invite anybody I want to my birthday party. That's not the point, said Carla. She handed her the form. Colleen reluctantly took it. Can't you just whisper it to me, she asked. Carla shook her head. Melinda and Lori were waiting for Colleen when she came out. What are you going to, who are you going to invite, asked Melinda. Not Bradley, said Lori. Please, not Bradley. I don't know yet, said Colleen. She won't tell me until my parents sign this form. Chapter 16. Bradley walked slowly, holding his hand over his eyes so nobody would see it. His mother would have let him stay home from school, but his father said he had to go. He's scared, his mother had said. Some bullies have been terrorizing him. 
babying him will not solve the problem, said his father. He has to learn to stand up for himself and fight back. The only reason the boys pick on him is because they know he's afraid. Bradley was afraid, but not of bullies. He wasn't scared of Melinda either. It was little Lori Weston who scared him. He could picture her standing in the middle of the playground with her big mouth shouting for the whole school to hear. Melinda Birch beat up Bradley Chalkers and made him cry. Cautiously, he walked across the schoolyard, hand over eye, and entered Mrs. Ebel's class. He sat down in the last seat of the last row. Jeff's chair was empty. Good, he thought, still covering his eye. He probably got kicked out of school. Out of his uncovered eye, he looked at the chart full of gold stars on the wall next to him. He was glad he didn't have any. He thought gold stars were ugly. Mrs. Ebel was in the middle of teaching the difference between adjectives and adverb, adverbs when she suddenly stopped and asked, Bradley, is there something the matter with your eye? No. Then please take your hand away from it. I can't, he said. Why can't you? He quickly tried to think of a reason why he had to keep his eye covered. His mind raced through a hundred ideas. My hand's stuck, he said. It's stuck? asked Mrs. Ebel. I was gluing something and got glue on my hand, and then I accidentally touched my face with my hand and it got stuck. Bradley, take your hand away from your eye. He grabbed his wrist with his free hand and pretended to try to pull it away. I can't. It's stuck. Do you want to go to the principal's office? She asked. He's good at unsticking things. Wait, I think it's starting to loosen now, he said. He pried his hand away. There was a bluish black circle around his eye. For a few seconds, nobody said anything. Then everybody started talking at once. What happened? asked Mrs. Ebel, but then quickly said, Never mind. I don't want to know. She closed... She told the class to turn around and started again on adverbs and adjectives. Jeff walked in late. He said something to Mrs. Ebel, then sat down next to Bradley. Bradley looked the other way at the chart full of gold stars. Of all the stars, Jeff's were the ugliest. For once, he wished he sat in the front of the room. Then only Mrs. Ebel would have been able to see his face. Where he was, everyone could turn around and stare at him. All the morning, Mrs. Ebel had to keep telling kids to turn around and face front. When the bell rang for recess, he put his hand over his eye and hurried outside. He went to the far end of the playground where nobody would bother him. But the word quickly spread that Bradley Chalkers had a black eye, and kids kept wandering past him trying to get a peek. Melinda fights dirty, said Jeff, coming up behind him. She hit you when you weren't looking, and you couldn't hit her back because it's impolite to hit a girl. Right, said Bradley, turning around. I would have punched her face in, except it's impolite. Melinda probably told the whole school that she beat me up. She's so stupid. No, I don't think she told anybody. After you left, she asked me not to tell anyone what happened. She made Lori and Colleen promise not to tell, too. She's probably afraid I'll punch your face in, said Bradley. Probably, said Jeff. Then, this morning, I was called into the principal's office. He thought, I was the one who hit you. What'd you tell him? Bradley asked. Jeff shrugged. I told him you're my best friend. The principal's stupid, Bradley agreed. Chapter 17 Jeff and Bradley ate lunch together around the side of the building where nobody would bother them. Jeff stood up. I'll be right back, he said. I have to go to the bathroom. Which one? Bradley asked. Boy, said Jeff. Oh, said Bradley. I'll wait for you here. It was a very long wait. Hey, Jeff, Robbie called as Jeff stepped out of the bathroom. 
Me? asked Jeff. It surprised him because Robbie had always called him fish nose or fish brain. Come over here, said Robbie. A group of boys was with him. Jeff recognized some from his class but didn't know them all. One of the boys had a basketball. Hi, Jeff, said Brian, a boy from his class. Hi, Brian, he replied. How's it going, Jeff? asked Russell. Okay. This is Jeff Fishkin, Robbie told the boys who weren't in his class. He's the guy who gave Chalkers the black guy. Way to go, Jeff, said one of the boys he didn't know. All right, Jeff, said another. Oh, man, would I have liked to have seen that. Man, when I saw Chalkers' eye today, said Robbie, I just smiled. And then when I found out you got called to the principal's office, I thought, way to go, Jeff. You didn't get in trouble, did you, Jeff? asked Dan. Jeff shook his head. They probably gave him a medal, said Russell, laughing. The others laughed, too. You like to play basketball, Jeff? asked Andy, the boy with the basketball. Sure, said Jeff. They chose teams. Robbie and Andy were captains. Robbie had first pick. I got Jeff, he said. Jeff beamed. They played basketball for the remainder of the lunch period. Jeff's team won, but it was also the team of five players. The other team only had four. Everyone told him he played a great game. I always wondered why a guy like you was hanging around with Chalker, said Robbie. I guess it just took you a while to find out who your real friends were. Jeff smiled. These were the kind of friends he had had back in his old school in Washington, D.C. Of course, it meant he couldn't be friends with Bradley anymore. But he shrugged. Chapter 18 From around the corner of the brick building, Bradley watched the end of Jeff's basketball game. Every time Jeff took a shot, Bradley prayed he'd miss. When the bell rang, he hurried back to the class ahead of Jeff and the other boys. He sat at his desk, last seat, last row, and took out one of his books. It didn't matter which one. He stared at, stared at it very intently as Jeff sat down next to him. Well, maybe it was okay for Jeff to have other friends, he decided as he turned a page. I'm still his best friend. That's what he told the principal, Jeff. Jeff wouldn't lie to the principal. Maybe I'll get to play basketball with his new friends, too, like Carla said. Jeff, he whispered. He wanted to tell Jeff that everything was still okay, that they could still be friends. Hey, Jeff. Jeff didn't look up from his work. Jeff works hard, Bradley realized. That's how he gets all the gold stars. He had to wait until after school. Hey, Jeff, he said as soon as the bell rang. Jeff picked up his books and started out the door. Bradley hurried after him. Jeff, he called. Wait up. Jeff stopped and slowly turned around. Bradley suddenly felt very nervous. Do you want to do our homework together, he asked. I can come over to your house if you want, or you can come over to mine. We can use my book. See? He showed Jeff his book. Hey, out of our way, chalkers, said Robbie as he and Brian pushed past him. Chicken chalkers, said Brian. Yeah, chalkers, said Jeff. Bradley walked away. He heard Jeff and his new friends laughing behind him. But when he got home, his own friends were very glad to see him. We are so glad you're home, said Ronnie. We miss you. We are glad you didn't go over to Jeff's house. You are our best friend, said Bartholomew. Hooray for Bradley, shouted the wooden hippopotamus. Hip, hip, hooray, yelled all the other animals. Hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, said the hippo one last time. Hooray. Let's play a game, said the donkey. What do you want to play, asked Ronnie. 
Anything but basketball, said Bartholomew. I hate basketball. Basketball is a stupid game, Ronnie agreed. It's the worst game in the world, said the hippopotamus. Why would anyone want to play basketball, laughed the ivory donkey. All the other animals laughed too. Chapter 19 Everything returned to normal. Bradley scribbled, cut up bits of paper, and taped things together. He hated everyone, and everyone hated him. That was the way he liked it. He shuddered whenever he remembered that he actually had almost done his homework. He couldn't imagine anything more horrible than that. And he was glad Jeff wasn't his friend anymore. He realized he was better off without friends. In fact, he never was friends with Jeff. I was just pretending to be his friend. He decided he'd never pretend to be anybody's friend again. Jeff was normal now, too. That was what he told Carla. He walked into her office and announced, I don't need any help anymore. I have eight friends now. We play basketball every recess and lunch, and I'm the best player. Good for you, Jeff, said Carla. I'm very proud of you. How many friends have you made, he asked. I don't keep score, said Carla. I've made eight, said Jeff. I've always considered quality to be more important than quantity when it comes to friendship, said Carla. Eight, Jeff repeated, and I'm not friends with Bradley anymore either. I'm sorry to hear that. Why? I'm not. I hate him. In fact, he looks around the room, I gave him a black eye. He quickly glanced at Carla to see if she knew he was lying, then looked away. What happened? Carla asked. Oh, you know, he wouldn't stop bothering me. I kept telling him to get lost, but he kept hanging around. I never liked him. No one does. Then he said to me, give me a dollar or I'll spit on you. Well, no one threatens me and gets away with it. I don't take that from nobody. So he tried to hit me, but I ducked, then punched his face in. I didn't want to do it, but I had no choice. That was the short version. Jeff had told that same story to his eight new friends, but he usually made it much longer. So I don't think I need to see a counselor anymore, he said, since I have eight friends. Okay, Jeff, if that's how you feel, said Carla. They might think I'm weird or something, he explained. Well, we can't have them thinking that. Does that mean I can go? Carla nodded. But anytime you want to talk again, please feel free to come and see me, she smiled even if you just feel like getting out of class for a while. He left, glad to be out of there. On his way back to class, he walked past the girl's bathroom. He stopped, shook his head, and chuckled to himself. It seemed like it was such a long time ago when he accidentally went in there. I used to be such a jerk, he thought. He smiled a strange smile. He stretched his mouth so wide it was hard to tell whether it was a smile or a frown.